Hello and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. On Writing the Coast, you'll hear conversations with the winners and finalists of the annual BC and Yukon Book Prizes, as well as interviews with book lovers from across the province and territory. My guest for this episode is Catherine Monroe, who publishes as KJ Monroe. Catherine is the recipient of the 2023 Borealis Prize, the Commissioner of Yukon Award for Literary Contribution. On this episode, Catherine talks about what draws her to haiku and what she finds most rewarding about teaching. Catherine starts our conversation with a reading. The first poem I'm going to read uh, was recently published in this magazine. When is a poet? My father used to say, when is a door not a door? When it's a jar. Mason jar on cold room shelves, homemade pickles and relishes wait their turn in the dark. Button jar, every size, shape, color with a story to match. Cookie jar, inexhaustible cycle of crumbs, full, emptying, empty, full. Collecting jar, crickets, caterpillars, butterflies, another size for the urine specimen. The girl grows beyond bell jars, opening doors that build character, which she will write. And this poem appeared in Prism. Peaches for Linda, after From Blossoms by Lee Young Lee. We suffer snow in spring, the last of it, but still snow in the trees while yours have impossible blossoms. We picture you in our mind's eye, relaxing in the jubilant shade of an orchard, forever singing the sweet taste of that first bite. We are learning to reach what we love inside. And this poem was a finalist. Uh, Cirque Journal did a Poems of Place contest, so it will appear in their next issue. And it's a list poem, and summarized here is spelt with an E. Yukon summarization. Summarize. Adapt or prepare a home, cottage, car, etc for use in warm weather. Clean windows, vacuum window screens, reinstall window screens, open windows. Remove grill blanket on front of car, replace with bug screen. Wash winter coats, fleece jackets, fleece pants, hats, scarves, neck warmers, mitts, and gloves from downstairs closet, switch with raincoats and summer jackets, 
in upstairs closets. Trade felt pack boots and going to town boots in downstairs hall for sandals and shoes and runners from upstairs closets. Detach snow basket from walking stick. Cover ice spike on walking stick with rubber foot. Collect snow shovels and sleds from garage and back deck and store in shed. Move gardening tools from shed to garage. Shift patio furniture from shed to back deck. Check supplies of sunscreen. Stock up on bug spray. Grab a sweater and wait. And I'll finish with a few haiku from my debut collection. Uh, it's with Red Moon Press, came out in 2019, and it's called Contractions. And I'll read each of the haiku twice. Caribou in the stream, the torn edge of the painting. Caribou in the stream, the torn edge of the painting. Traffic circles the climate change debate. Traffic circles the climate change debate. Flight path of the geese, soon forgotten by all but the geese. Flight path of the geese, soon forgotten by all but the geese. Blue August sky, V-shaped clouds point south. Blue August sky, V-shaped clouds point south. And lastly, beaver moon, bright enough to set the trap. Beaver moon, bright enough to set the trap. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. All right. So my first question for you, uh, and is often maybe my hardest question, who are you? Uh, well, uh, I'm a poet. I guess I'll start there. I grew up in Vancouver, uh, moved to the Yukon in 1991. I have two adult children, raised two children here. And uh, yeah, I think I, I primarily would see myself uh, now as a poet. What drew you to the Yukon, Kathy? Uh, my husband's work. Okay. In, he's a geologist in mineral exploration. And uh, he was working up here and, and was going to be. So we decided to, to move. Yeah. So you uh, you think of yourself as a poet uh, these days. What drew you to poetry when you were a young writer? Oh, that's a really good question. 
I think that uh, I can remember writing poetry in elementary school as part of the schoolwork and really enjoying it. Um, I think I was probably in about grade five. And uh, I think I really liked the the control and the power that I had to write whatever I wanted and also to change it too. You know, if I found a better word, I think that's what really drew me to it. I think I would also like to credit a teacher, an English teacher I had in grade eight, who uh, allowed a small number of us in the class to do our own projects because I think, you know, he was teaching grammar or something and we'd already aced the test on that or whatever. So, so he just, instead of us having to sit through hearing about something we already knew, he allowed us to work on our own sort of independent projects. And I can remember reading a lot of poetry in the library and writing a lot of poetry at that time. It's such an important question because I do think it's really, it's this whole idea of having the support and the encouragement as a younger person, I think makes a really big difference. Yeah. I think it's interesting because it seems a lot of writers are initially drawn to poetry. Like I think a lot of us write poems as teenagers or whatever it seems like a form that really fits some of the emotions we go through in our younger years but for whatever reason it it you know people deviate from it turn to novels or short stories but it really seems like there's something about the freedom of that form as young people that draws us to poetry yes i would agree very much and i would also say that you know it's possible to write very poetic fiction or other writing. So I think really it it can serve a writer well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you read a, a few haikus for us and, it, and you do a lot of work in haiku. What inspires you most about that form? Uh, well, that's also a really difficult question actually, but I think that um, I've always, my style has always been very condensed, uh, very um, short and condensed kind of style. So I think just that alone um, helped interest me. But, it, but really, I didn't really um, investigate haiku at all, seriously, until I had decided that I was going to submit work to journals. So what they say to do is to do your research and, you know, research the journals before you submit and all that. So anyway, people had often said that my work was haiku-like. And um, I don't think any, me or any of those people actually knew what that really meant. But but anyway, the sentiment was there and I think it, it's true. So, so anyway, I started looking into haiku journals that I might submit to and I was really surprised to find how many there are and there's a, a long tradition in Canada and the US and around the world for English language haiku and the more I read about it and learned about it the more I realized that my poems weren't actually haiku but I worked really hard to try and revise them to see if I could sort of make them fit and you know some success there, I think, but I also just started learning and reading more and more 
uh, and subscribing and going to haiku conferences and things like that. And I just, it, I just totally got, got hooked. And I think that it's um, a much more complex and difficult genre of poetry than most people realize because there's an awful lot to writing it well. And so, yeah, the complexity of it also really in, inspired me. Yeah. It seems like the simpler a poem seems, the more complex it actually is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. But also, you know, I think many of us were taught in in school that haiku is a certain syllable pattern and and really not much else and in fact that's probably the the least in my view is the least important aspect and it's not even followed now generally speaking it, in english it's shorter is better and you know we just go with that so generally speaking right but um but yeah so there's there are many other rules about haiku that we weren't taught in school so you know it's yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole once you once you start going down and and yeah, I just I just got drawn in. And I think the other thing I should say too is that you know, the haiku community is is a wonderful, generous, amazing community. Um and so yeah, that's another thing that I that I learned very early on was that going to conferences and stuff, it was the connection between the people. It was so genuine and and people have been other poets have been so helpful and generous to me. So yeah, it's just it's been absolutely marvelous. Yeah. I wanna talk a little bit about community um, because one of the projects that you uh, helped initiate was the Solstice Haiku. Can you talk a little bit about that project and your work with it? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so it's called the Solstice Haiku Discussion Group. And it's just a little writing group that I founded in uh, 2014. And it's still going. We meet monthly in Whitehorse and uh, I called it a discussion group because I didn't want to call it a writing group because I thought people would, might be intimidated by having to write. And so I called it a discussion group. I thought we could just all meet and talk about it, you know. And now it turns out all anybody ever wanted to do really is write. And um, so, so we do a lot of writing and it's been just an amazing experience. Started with the super support from a, a coffee shop owner here in Whitehorse who was very encouraging and also a book club that I was in. Some of the members of the book club were very, very supportive and are still part of the group um, all this time later. So yeah, it's been a really wonderful experience. I tell people now that I've, I founded the group because I was lonely. <laughs> Because I didn't know any other haiku poets really, you know, anywhere near me. And so I thought, and I thought about it for a really long, like years before I actually did it. So, you know, I thought about it for a long time. And then with encouragement from other people, I finally decided, well, I'll just put it out there and see what happens. And it's been just an amazing experience. And we have very well published um, members in the group now and, um, continue to attract people who are new to haiku and new to uh, writing in some cases, but also experienced poets too. Like it's a real mixture of people. And um, 
yeah, we have some of them have gone on now. They're very well published and winning contests and stuff. So super rewarding. Yeah, yeah. and really fun and great group. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really amazing because is it nine years then if you started in 2014? That's yeah. Well, started at the end of 2014, yeah. so eight. Yeah. But even like, you know, it, it, I'm sure it was challenging when, you know, we were all in lockdown and but it was probably also really nice to have that group to to lean on and connect with obviously virtually or maybe outside or whatever it was. Right. We did a combination of things, but, you know, Zoom has been amazing in so many ways. So, yeah. And I think it's it's just supporting each other. And I, I should also, you know, some people, you know, might consider me a teacher, but I don't really consider myself a teacher at all. I, I My philosophy has always been that, you know, we're all sitting in a circle, you know, at the same table and we all have something to contribute and we all have something to learn. And I've certainly learned a lot from this group and even explaining things that I've read or reading something so that I can share it with the group, That's it's all been really beneficial to me um, as well. So it's not like I'm just lecturing all the time. I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about um, teaching and inspiring other writers, because I know you do workshops and that sort of thing. But what do you enjoy most about teaching and how has your approach to that changed as you've evolved creatively? Right. Well, again, excellent question, because, you know, you do it does evolve your approach evolves and you learn with your experience it doesn't matter what you're doing so i like to think that i'm i'm much um better at what i'm doing now um but i think that's really just based um from all the experience because you learn what works for people and what doesn't and i've also taken some training in the past in adult education techniques and things like that which you know that doesn't hurt but I would say, I guess what not encourages me the most, but but I guess what I find the most rewarding uh, from doing this kind of work, whether it's solstice or something else, I would say would be uh, when new work is being created. I think that um, we can do a lot of different things um, in a workshop, say, or it, with different projects, but I really like to collaborate and I really like when, um, I think the most rewarding thing for me is when new work is created that otherwise wouldn't have been created, you know? So yeah, I think, uh, let's leave it there. Yeah. The Borealis Prize is, is unique uh, because it's not just about uh, creating a body of work, it's also about the role that you play in your community and your writing practice seems to be deeply embedded in the community in Yukon, particularly. Um, how does being immersed in the community support your creative work? Well, again, I think, you know, it, it would vary from one person to another. For me, it's a, a real combination of sort of putting it out there and being out in the world and then also having the solitary time to revise or, you know, work, work through some things. Yeah. So, um, I try and take advantage of every opportunity. I try and see things as opportunities, I guess, in the first place. 
and then try and take advantage. So if there's a reading happening or a book launch or anything like that, I'm, I'm always, I always try um, to attend and to, because I just think, you know, supporting each other that way is important. And you never know where anything is going to lead. Like if you, you know, this is the, what I also try and tell people is that it's not like I had a path mapped out in my mind or something you know i just went somewhere and i met one person and they had this idea or someone approached me with an idea and we worked together and then this amazing thing happened and then somebody else said hey you know we could do this or whatever and these things just you know it's a very strange path um and it and it's um at least in my case i would say it's been wonderful and all these amazing things have happened but it but it's really just been one thing leading to another, leading to another, you know, and trying to see these things as opportunities, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a collaboration, a continuation of something that ha has happened or something completely new. Yeah. Having been to Whitehorse I, and, and getting to know folks like you and Tara and the other lovely writers I've met over the years, I know how special the territory and the land and the people are. What do you wish people understood more about the creative and literary community in Yukon? Well, I think that the distance, you know, Canada is such an amazing country and the distance is so huge um so a, it's a it's a we've we're far away from a lot of places so we can't really expect a lot of people to you know come here or he, even hear about what's happening here but i do think that there's an incredible number of artists here, not just writers, but of all types of different art. And uh, I don't know whether it's, there's something about the light here and something about the lifestyle, maybe, but I think that there's an amazing amount of creativity here. So that's what I, would like people in the in southern Canada and the rest of Canada to um, maybe have an opportunity to appreciate more. Um, and I, but I'm not sure how to go about that really. But I do think there are some opportunities where Yukon artists and writers can travel to promote their work, and that is really wonderful. And also, I guess, festivals and, and other opportunities like that. Um, yeah, I think more of us should be doing more of that. Yeah. Maybe. And, you know, whether it's because, again, it's really hard, like I was involved a, a little bit with the White Horse Poetry Society which is quite a long time ago now, but, you know, we did a few festivals, like poetry festivals that were really amazing, but just such a huge amount of work. It's very, very difficult to sustain the amount of work that is required for something like that. So I, I don't want to say we should be hosting like big events here because I think that's such a drain on the community, the local community. And, um, 
even though there's it's wonderful, right? So it's that trade-off all the time. But I think maybe just getting our work out would be, you know, a, a, a solution or at least something to, to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was up there for Yukon Words, I, someone told me how much in the community is, is kind of generated and run by volunteers. And it's just tremendous how much in that city happens because of volunteer work. So it's hard when more, you know, you want to do a festival, but you have limited volunteer resources and you don't want to call on the same people over and over again. Right. And that's what happens. It's the same people doing so much. And then, you know, at some point they just, they want to work on their own work, you know, like it's just, it's just not, to me, it's not, um, it's not feasible um, uh, to do, you know, anyway, so who knows, right? I, but at this point, I, I really think that taking that if Yukon artists take the opportunities to promote their work um, south, then I think, um, and across the north too, you know, the, there are more and more opportunities, I think, for that. Yeah. All right. My last question for you, Kathy, is what is inspiring the work you're doing these days? <laughs> well, as a haiku poet, I would I would say just every day, you know, every day is a gift. Every day, whatever happens is my inspiration um, because that's a, a big part of being a haiku poet is just being trying to be in the present moment and observe and, you know, make the an ordinary event extraordinary by writing about it in a way that is intriguing or something. I'm enjoying the last little bit of summer and and welcoming fall here uh, in Whitehorse with the leaves turning and um, cooler temperatures, we'll say. Um, but also, you know, there are events coming up that I'm involved with that will um, include uh, walking in nature and hopefully writing some great new material. That was Catherine Monroe. Catherine publishes as KJ Monroe, and she is the recipient of the 2023 Borealis Prize, the Commissioner of Yukon Award for Literary Excellence. If you would like to find out more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, visit our website at bcyukonbookprizes.com. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.